Coming up on today's episode, I am joined by a special guest to preview the Buccaneers and Panthers matchup this Sunday, talking key matchups, talking game plans, giving our predictions. All that and more on this episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks Podcast. I am James Yarko without my normal co-host, David Harrison. But you can check out everything that he and I are doing over at BucksNation.com. And make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JayArko underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore nation today's episode brought to you by pepsi this football season will be different if pepsi's here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season pepsi's a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the league of football watchers these passionate fans are the real generational talent that pepsi fuels because pepsi isn't made for those who play the game it's made for those who watch it pepsi made for football watching on this preview episode i will not be going all alone, all by my lonesome. I have some help. I've called in reinforcements. You know him. You love him. Uh, you can thank him for the arrival of Tom Brady to the Buccaneers. You can thank him for the Tampa Bay Lightning winning a Stanley Cup championship. And you can thank him for spearheading the national three sides minimum movement from the Draft Network and the Locked on NFL Draft podcast, Trevor Sikama. Trevor, how you doing, buddy? There's a lot of things to be thankful for here, I guess. You know, that was a that was a great intro. I appreciate it. I think you hit all of them right there because you're right. I'm I've ever since the Lightning really won the Stanley Cup. No, you know what? You're 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 right. It it started off with Brady. When Brady came to the Buccaneers, and then when the Lightning won the Stanley Cup, everybody kind of was like, Okay, so it was you. Uh, you were the you were actually the curse. And I'm like, Yeah, okay, man. If the Rays would have won the World Series, oh man, I honestly feel like they would have banned me at the border to like get back into the state of Florida, even to like visit my family. So I'm as much as I uh, hated to see the Rays lose. Maybe I am glad that I, I at least get to go home a little bit now. Cause I think that would have <laughs> been the case. <laughs> well, and you know, if the bucks go on to win two out of three, it isn't bad. That's true. That's and true. Your Gators are doing well. They are doing well. First time for everything, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, they're better than the Seminoles. Our listeners know how I feel about Florida State. Oh, Lord. Wait, are you a Florida State fan? No, I am not. Okay, that's good because that, you know, wouldn't really give you a lot to talk about. I'm unfortunately an Illinois fan. You know, the team that punted on fourth and goal, that's my Okay, so so you went on from Lovey Smith, head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, to Lovey Smith, head coach of your beloved Illini. That is a thing that happened, and my dad's reaction (laughs) – at the announcement was, haven't we suffered enough? Hey, man, still <laughs> still a Buccaneer legend. And he's growing a great Santa beard, so I can't totally hate on it. He is. He is. But, yeah, we're not here to talk college football. We are here to talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, Trevor, the first thing I want to ask you is you kind of have a unique perspective here, given now your geographical location. Yeah, You're, you're in the heart of Panthers country, so I'm curious – What's the pulse of kind of the fan base in your area about how the Panthers are doing? Because on yesterday's crossover episode, I 
I dubbed them the Chargers of the NFC. They are so much better than their record indicates, in my opinion. Uh, so I'm wondering how you know what you're hearing about them, what kind of the pulse is about them, and how they feel about the Buccaneers. Yeah, you need to. Uh, I I don't know if you could throw around the Chargers of the NFC because you got to remember that also has another meaning where you choke away basically every lead that you've ever had, no matter how large it is. So That's I think we that. might need to be careful on the Chargers part. But in terms of the better than your record says, I, you're totally right. I, I wrote something earlier this week for the Draft Network, uh, just from a national scope of looking at how things are going in Carolina, and this is a three and six team. They're on a four game losing streak right now, and like. I couldn't be more encouraged by Carolina. And it's so weird to say that, you know, like anytime that a team has a four game losing streak, you think that they're reeling. you talk about, Oh, is this the guy, the right guy for the job, whether it's a quarterback, defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, head coach, GM, something you're normally like pointing the finger at somebody, but honestly, from the way Carolina has fought this year, for them to even be three and six, I think is great. When you looked at that roster to start the season, there are a lot of people that thought this was a three, four win team, when it was going to be all said and done, here they are. They're, they're already over the three-win threshold. And you could look at probably another three of their games against some really good opponents that they gave them their money's worth, including the reigning Super Bowl champs. You know, a team that a lot of people around the NFL say are the last elite team. You know, because even though the Steelers are undefeated, people know that they're probably going to regress a little bit. They're going to reel from, from their undefeated uh, pedestal there. The Ravens don't look as strong as they did last year. You know, the Seahawks, the Packers, and of course the Buccaneers as well. They've all shown that, yeah, they have a high ceiling, but there are games where you could just catch them off guard. And so really it almost seems like you know, a lot of people have been talking about the chiefs as the team that can't lose every single week. Carolina took them down to the wire last week. And honestly, <laughs> if they would have managed the game a little bit better on that second to last drive. And then I would even say on that last drive where they took too much time with one of those passes firing into the sideline, they could have had a chance there. They could have had a chance to really take them down. So I think it's been a really encouraging season for Carolina. And I think most Panthers fans are still, they, they understand that it's always hard to go into a year knowing you're going to be bad. You know, like this is the first year of Matt rule. It's an extremely young team. You just, you see the writing on the wall. You understand it. This is a building block year for the Panthers, but it's hard. You know, as a fan, it's hard to go, all right, they lost, but it's okay in the end. You know, like that's hard for any fan. And so I think there's a little bit of a uh, good and bad here, hot and cold, one side and the other for Carolina, where, you know, of course, as a fan, they probably wish that they were win a little bit more, but they have to be pleased with how their team has been performing here in 2020. Over the last couple of weeks, obviously, we've seen the Buccaneers struggle quite a bit. You know, I had said that they had their worst performance of the year on Monday night and still came away with a victory. That's a game that in years past the Buccaneers would have lost in outrageous fashion. But then they get absolutely bludgeoned by the New Orleans Saints. You know, the, the Bucs couldn't do anything right. The Saints couldn't do anything wrong. What have you noticed over the last couple of weeks that might be leading to some of these struggles from the Bucs? It just feels like they're getting away from their strengths, almost on both sides of the ball. You know, I mean, like, they got here and they got these wins and they were dominated against some good teams because they played aggressive on both sides of the ball. And it just feels like... They've gotten away from that. Now, certain injuries, I think, have really hurt them. They're missing Vita Vea. Like, even though the, the, the game after Vea was out, they were able to bounce back. They controlled it. They did things well. 
they're still missing him and they're going to miss him throughout the season. And so I don't want I don't want people to like get that loss where it was just like, okay, the, 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 the week after they went out, they looked okay. So that means they're going to be okay for the rest of the season. No, no, no. There are going to be some games where they really feel his presence is lost. And then of course against new Orleans, Donovan Smith, not having Ali Marpet next to him, you proved to be a massive detriment, you know, Ali Marpet being out proved to really, have this offensive line unravel because when they're all in there, this Bucks O line has played really, really well. But we kind of saw it all, like I said, un- unravel on Monday night. And look, I just didn't understand either game plans. Like I, I, I get the Mike Evans thing. I get that like they're they're throwing to different guys in the game plan. And just because Mike has open grass around him does not mean that he would have been the target on the play. But for Mike to have as little targets as he does right now, or at least his little production, I mean, that just still shouldn't be the case. It it just feels like they're very much getting away from their identity. Byron Leftwich is having some really questionable play calls at some strange times. You know, running the ball when it's not really making sense. The, the two second and ten runs, you know, it not capitalizing off of momentum turnovers like he did the past week. It just, he still does not, it just does not feel like he has a feel for calling plays right now. It just looks like he's he's got a play sheet and he understands the game plan and he's just calling things when it shows up on his sheet and that's about it. I mean, like you've got to feel a game. A game plan comes to life. As you go throughout a football game, you've got to be able to work with the punches and react and adjust and all those kinds of things that just Byron does not do that well right now. He's very by the book. I think he understands the game plan. I think he has his hand in the picking certain plays that they want to do that week. And I think that he might be good at that part, but the calling plays part, he still just doesn't have a good grasp of. And then Todd Bowles, I gotta, I gotta just throw that game plan out against the saints because that was the worst game plan I've ever seen. Like Mm -hmm. you're going to play soft zone and try to get home with three or four against Breeze. Let me tell you how many times that has worked ever against Breeze. (laughs) Basically never. So I don't, the thing was, is that, you know, somebody pointed this out to me when I was genuinely asking on Twitter, how do they come up with this game plan? And a couple of people had some good points. One of the points that I thought was really strong was Alvin Kamara. They sold out to contain Alvin Kamara in the screen game because look, when you play a lot of man coverage when you play aggressive, when you're bringing a lot of guys in the pocket and then the team burns you with a nice little screenplay. There aren't many screen players better than Alvin Kamara. He's proved that against the Bucks over the last four or five times that they played. He's had very high target numbers, very high production. And we know he's very tough to tackle when he gets out in open space too. So perhaps they build their game plan around saying, Hey, we're not going to let Alvin Kamara beat us. And I understand where they're coming from, but in order to do that, They went so far away from their strength. What got them to that point of playing man coverage, playing press coverage with the corners, getting aggressive with the safeties, throwing bodies at the pocket. I mean, you, 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 you totally took what you were best at and just completely took it out of the game with the game plan. And that can't happen moving forward. I understand that for some teams, you're going to play them a little bit differently than others. Some teams very much line up to what you do well. And of course, you got no reservation throwing it all at them and doing exactly what you do well. That's not going to be the case every week. But for the Bucks to get away from their strengths as much as they did, especially on defense against the Saints, that can't happen. You've got to be able to play your guys in the positions that you drafted them for, that they have had success with, and you've just got to live and die with it. That's kind of got to be the way that it is. You can't get as far away from their strengths as Tampa did this week. 
Yeah, when when David and I laid out our game plans for the Saints game, he took the offense, I took the defense, and I my thought was you need to attack Breeze the exact same way that you attacked Aaron Rodgers. You got him uncomfortable. Yeah. You were bringing blitzes from all angles, and it forced him into mistakes that we don't see him make. And they, oh well, and I had also said I you know, you got to have press man. You can't play zone against Drew Brees, and yeah, they did the exact opposite. I'm not saying I was right. I'm just saying that maybe it would have worked a little bit better. But we are going to get into the game plan for the Panthers coming up in just a moment. First, have to give a shout out to our friends over at Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi's here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. I'm sitting here talking to Trevor about the Bucks and Panthers. I got the Colts and Titans on the TV. I'm drinking a Diet Pepsi, and, you know, life really just couldn't be better. Pepsi's a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com and check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Pepsi, made for football Watching more Bucks and Panthers talk coming up in just a moment on the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's a Friday edition here of the Locked On Bucks podcast. I am joined by the Draft Network and Locked On NFL Draft co-host Trevor Sykema. Trevor, David is, you know, he, he's busy doing family stuff, but he already gave his offensive game plan okay. for this game. And I'm going to, I'm going to throw it out to you. I'd love to get your opinion on it. And then I want to hear what your defensive game plan is going to be. But basically what David was saying was they need to get back to running the football. They have got to feed Rojo, just keep feeding him, maybe sprinkle in a little bit of Leonard Fournette, but the Bucks have to expose Carolina's soft middle of their defense. And mm-hmm. if you can establish the run, you're going to dictate the game. He threw some of these numbers at me and, and I, I jotted them down. I'm going to throw them out to you. The Panthers defense against the run. They are in the bottom 10 in yards per carry allowed. They are one of five teams to allow 12 rushing touchdowns so far this season. They are tied for the sixth most 20-plus yard runs allowed. They are tied for fifth for the most 40-plus yard runs allowed. And 28.9% of plays where the opposing team runs the ball against this Panthers defense have resulted in a first down. So... It's great to have Brady. It's great to have Mike Evans and Gronk and Godwin and Antonio Brown in the mix and Scotty Miller, but it's simple. Feed Rojo. Yeah, I I mean, last time they played, they had three rushing touchdowns. You know, it it was a Ronald Jones touchdown early on, and then it was Leonard Fournette. He had two touchdowns in the game as well. He had that 46-yard run, which was his – uh, season long, they kind of electrified everybody, but I'd agree. You know, even when you look at more advanced analytics, if you go to the DVOA stats, which are uh, defensive value over average, uh, that you know, they are, I think, eighth worst in the NFL when it comes to rush defense, and they're not much better against the pass either. They're 11th worst against the pass, but yeah, I mean, when you look at their defensive line. Derek Brown has been better, their rookie, but his pass rush grade is a lot higher than his run defense grade. Um, Bravian Roy just has not been very good this season in the middle. And then Brian Burns is their best defensive line piece. 
He's a pass rusher. You know, like not, I'm not, not saying he's like a total liability against a run, but Brian Burns is at his best when he's able to rush the passer. And certainly when you establish that run, it makes sense. I, I, I would agree with David in the fact that they need to establish their run presence this game because it will allow them to control it a lot more. But they need to be smart about when they're running the football. You know, like we need to stop at the second and 10 runs. Like you need to, Byron just needs to throw these out of the window. They're, they're pointless. They're often, you know, shoot. Even if you think that four yards per carry is a good average, which would be a good average. If you run the ball on second and 10, guess what? Third and six is it's third and long, you know, third and six, third and seven. It just, it doesn't really help you. You're working against your average in that regard. And that's something I was trying to tell people last week when they called those two runs on second and 10 and people will point out, well, oh, yeah, well th- those runs went for seven and eight yards. And I see that those are good. They executed the way that they need to, but it's a bad process. You got the result that you wanted, but it was a bad process. They need to get better with when they are calling their run plays. I still think that it needs to be a pass first offense. You have to put the pressure on a team that you are better than. And I think that that is important, but of course you don't totally abandon the run. You throw the run in there, you get the run established. And then as you build the lead, like you should against a team like Carolina, you lean on your workhorses. You go to that running back rotation because then you control the game. I still think that they should throw at the beginning because again, going back to what I was talking about, that is their strength. Their strength is still the uh, the weapons that they have in the passing game, and they should be able to move the ball pretty easily with more pass attempts than run attempts in their first couple of drives. But after that, when they can when they can start to control the game, it is then up to the offensive line and the run game to really bring it home for them. And I think that this could easily be another Ronald Jones 100-yard game if they stick to that script. And so I agree with David that that's possible. You just got to they, they got to pick it at the right time. It's not run the ball no matter what. It's run the ball correctly. Well, you were, you know, pretty openly curious as to what Todd Bowles was thinking. And, you know, yeah, I can confirm Todd Bowles is a regular listener to the show. Um, you know, he's a big fan. <laughs> big shout out, Todd Bowles. So he's going to call you after he listens to this and he's going to say, all right, all right, Trevor. Yes. What do I need to do on the defensive side of the ball this week against Teddy B to make sure that we get back on the winning track? What is your defensive game plan? Man, same thing you did before. You got to dial up the pressure. You got to get back to what Bowles Buccaneer football is. And that's bringing a lot of people to pocket. You know, going into the last couple of weeks, the only team that brought more pressure on the pocket in the NFL was the Pittsburgh Steelers. And they're pretty great at it. And they haven't really got too far away from that identity. And I think that they've been rewarded for it. They've kept games really close because the defense is still clamping down on teams. The offense is barely done enough to keep them undefeated, but it's all about their, what they are running through their defense. And I think it gets more important when this game hopefully goes to the script that they want. You know, you're going to be able to run the ball. If you're up on the scoreboard, you're going to be able to pressure the pocket a little bit more. Cause it's going to be more of a demand for passing plays. Remember, they're probably not going to have Christian McCaffrey in this game. And look, Mike Davis has been a great uh, substitution for Christian McCaffrey, but he's not nearly as dynamic. And so if you remember that first Carolina game, that was the Antoine Winfield coming out game, you know, like he mm-hmm. was blitzing the pocket. He was all over the place. They were using him uh, as a big time edge rusher and extra pressure player. I think they should do the same thing, man. Keep it up. You know, hit the linebackers up in the a gap, use the safeties coming off the edge, play press coverage on the outside. Look, you remember the score of this game, right? It was 31 to 17. Both DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson had more than 100 yards receiving. Like, these dudes went off in the passing game, 
And the Bucs still killed them. You know, the Bucs still controlled the game exactly the way that they needed to. And of course, you know, they had uh, the special teams play that, that, that went in their favor with the fake punt. They had the couple of interceptions and that was important. So I think that if you are aggressive against the Panthers, they are going to, again, Teddy Bridgewater, he's a smart quarterback. So I don't know how many turnovers he's going to give you. Maybe it would only be one, but I guarantee it's going to be one. And then it's going to be the offense's job to make sure that they capitalize on that momentum in this game. Look, this is another game that Tampa Bay should win. I've got a lot of respect for what Matt Rule is doing over in Carolina. Again, I think that they have kept it really close against some good teams, but this is a team you should beat. Tampa should be able to beat the Carolina Panthers. It should be a back-and-forth game, as a lot of the division games are. But at the end of the day, Tampa Bay should come away victorious in this one. And so I really think that they will do that on defense if they get back to their Bulls basics, which is bringing a lot of pressure like they were early in the season. Love that plan. I'm I'm a big fan of just be who you are. Being who you are has gotten you where you are, and you've gotten away from it. Let's get let's get back to it and start uh, you know establishing who the Buccaneers are as as kind of the talk of the NFL. And when they're on, I still believe they are the most complete team in the NFC. So it'll be nice to see them get back on track. Key matchup, bold predictions, and score predictions coming up on the other side of the break here on the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wrapping things up here on a Friday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast, joined by the Draft Network and Locked On NFL Draft podcast, Trevor Sykema. And Trevor, uh, it's time to get into our key matchups. And I'll go ahead and, and kick things off and give you a little break here. You've you've given us some great stuff, but you know, I'll, I'll give your vocal cords a little break for a second. Appreciate it. <laughs> and my key matchup is really about a position group. I want the key matchup to me is the Bucks offensive line, who was, of course, without Ali Marpet last week against the Saints, going up against the Panthers pass rush. This offensive line really needs to get it together. The Saints just absolutely ate them up last week. There was pressure on Brady all night long. And as we've seen over the last two decades, the way you beat Brady is you get pressure on him, especially up the middle. It's going to be on this offensive line to keep Brady upright, to keep his jersey nice and clean, and to give him the time he needs to find the open receiver, no matter who it is. Yeah, I'm. I don't read too much into the lack of targets for Mike Evans or or whatever. Brady's favorite receiver is the open one, and it's always been that way. You can make the argument that he kind of would focus on Randy Moss a lot, but. You know, he's got a buffet of options. Just let him pick the open guy. Let's move the ball and get in the end zone. That's that's the way I look at things. But Donovan Smith got completely worked. Tristan Wirfs didn't have a great game. He didn't have a bad game, but he didn't have a great one. Joe Haig really, really struggled. So having him out of the lineup, bringing Ali Marpet back in is going to shore up the left side of that line. So I want to see how they respond. It's on them. They have to keep things clean for Brady, give him some time, and they got to open up some holes for Rojo if the Bucs are going to follow David's game plan of, you know, feed Rojo the ball, run the ball, establish it, and take advantage of a pretty subpar Panthers run defense. No, I think that that's good. Um, it's so good that you thought you were doing me a favor by going first, and actually that's the, that's the unit that I would have highlighted. I think that's <laughs> the biggest deal because I'm with you 100%. Look, if the Bucks offense plays well, you know, if the Bucks offense plays the way that they did in the early parts of the season, 
this could be the best offensive football. You know, it, it really can. If you give Brady time, he'll figure it out. They'll make it happen. And I believe in that. And so I think that that's a major matchup. A matchup that I'm really looking forward to is Sean Murphy Bunting, the cornerback uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Basically, him versus whoever he's going to face in the nickel because Carolina can get creative with who they're putting in the slot, whether it is Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, who is more likely as a slot guy. And then Curtis Samuel too. Curtis Samuel's coming off a game in which he had a hundred yards receiving. And so it's been a down year for Murphy bunting. And if Carolina is going to hang with Tampa, they're going to do so by utilizing all three of those weapons, I think. And so Murphy Bunty has got, got to step up. I think that he has got to have his best game of 2020 to really help shut down what Caroline is doing. He's got to have confidence in how he's playing and he's going to get faced off against one of those three receivers. And those guys have been playing really well lately. Obviously the two DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson have the bucks number from the previous game, but Curtis Samuel is coming into his own as well. You know, the receiving game, uh, Mike Davis was, I think third on the team last time that these teams met up. So he'll probably have to come in for run defense as well if he's playing in the nickel. And so I think that that's just a matchup I'm very much looking forward to. I I don't know if that's necessarily like the key matchup in the game that'll determine the win and loss, but I think it's important not just for this game, but also for Murphy Bunting in general, because if this team's going to get to the place they want to go to, he's going to have to step up. He's going to have to start playing better in the second half of the season. All right. And bold predictions. David made his on Wednesday's episode, and he said Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette will combine for 20-plus carries and 150-plus yards. So I will defer to you and allow you to make your bold prediction first since I stole your key matchup, and now I feel bad. Uh, I, I feel like this is cheating because I did say this last week and it didn't happen, but I think Antonio Brown gets his first touchdown as a buck this week. Like they clearly showed that they were not afraid to use him in, in last week's matchup. And Arians even said like they used him actually a lot more than they wanted to, but they leaned on him more than they thought. And he delivered for them. Like the dude's in great shape. He had that fantastic snag over the middle of the field. And Mm -hmm. I think this is going to be another like Mike Evans get right game. Like because Mike had seven catches and a hundred yards the last time that they faced off. So I think that Mike is going to once again, be a big target getter for this one against Carolina. But I will say they continue to get Antonio Brown a little bit more involved. And I'll say he gets his first touchdown as a Buccaneer this week. I like it. My, my bold prediction last week was that Antonio Brown's stat line would be better than Michael Thomas's. The only stat that he hit on was yards per catch, which was 0.1 yards per catch more than than Michael Thomas. So, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see A.B. get in the end zone. Uh, I want to see everybody get in the end zone. I want this to be just an absolute, you know, Packers-style shellacking to, uh, to help get this team on track. My bold prediction, which will actually kind of play into yours, I'm saying Tom Brady goes for 250, three touchdowns, no interceptions, no, well, no turnovers. And to double down on my key matchup, he will not get sacked one time. All right. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it'd be a good game. They're winning the game if that's the case. Oh, yeah. You you get Brady's 250 passing. You We throw in David's 150-plus yards rushing. We got A.B.'s touchdown. I mean, we could be really entertained on uh, – on Sunday, if, if we're all correct. 
look, as as long as it's not a primetime game, I think they'll be fine. I think that that's what we've learned about the Buccaneers. That as long as the sun is still up when they hike the ball, they're going to be all right. Uh, but they got another one next week. What are they next week? Monday night. Who are they playing? Rams. I dude, I don't, I don't look that far ahead. I wish that I, I wish I wish I could, but covering the whole league now instead of just yeah. one team, I'm just like trying to get by every single week. And so I don't even know who they play the next week. That's actually, dang, they got to bring their A game with that one. Yeah, because I mean, I just it stuck out to me so much, and I was thankful that they got flexed out of prime time against the Raiders because, as you know, for my day job, I get up in the middle of the night. Uh, so primetime games was just murderer's row for me for my day job on top of having to stay up and cover the game and write and podcast. And I, I was, I don't get sleep on primetime games. I finish my website stuff, my podcast stuff, and I get in my car and go to work. Like it's the worst. I hate primetime. Oh goodness. Bucks right. too, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Uh, final score predictions. Uh, David said 31 to 21 bucks. Okay. I said 34 to 17 bucks. What is your final score prediction for this game? Uh, I think it's going to be closer. So I'll go 28, 24, the bucks win. I think it'll be a little bit closer than what you guys are predicting, but I still do think the bucks win. I get I get strong Aaron Rodgers post Bucks games vibes out of this one. I think Brady will be out for blood. And- oh, hey, look, uh, yeah, I'm sure that <laughs> Bucks fans would love to see it. Um, after that game plan they threw out last week, I'm sure that that would be nice to get off their back as well. And before we we get out of here, I do have to ask, not football related, because this was a big thing in the off season and a little bit in the quarantine. Was your live tweeting? of game of thrones oh have, yeah have you finished the show or are you kind of just got away from it and, and are getting ready to go back so i got away from it and um this is a little bit of breaking news on the podcast i i got away from it for a couple of months really right when the season started and like i watched so much of it at one time it was just kind of like i need to i need to like take a break here so i took a break right at the end of season six, like I think it was season six was it season five. Uh, maybe it was season five. I think it took an end right, right at the end of season five. I took a break and then I casually started watching them again about a month ago. And I've zoomed through them so quickly that I actually only have two episodes left and I'm about to finish it this week. So oh, wow. I, I, I am going to, I am going to like do some Twitter recap reactions for it, but I kind of just wanted to watch the show and not have to tweet after every single episode because one, it was like in the middle of football season and all that. But uh, yes, I, I think I'm, I'm finishing the show this weekend if, if I have time, which I'm going to try to make time. And then I will give everybody my final thoughts about Game of Thrones. Love it. I, one of my favorite things ever on social media still is the video <laughs> reaction to the Red Wedding <laughs> that you had. Uh, uh, dude, that was truly one of the toughest moments in my entire life. That was all of us, buddy. That was all of us. <laughs> well, in honor of you wrapping up Game of Thrones and being the guest on the show, I will not run a Bucks Nation Twitter poll for the GIF theme this week. I, you know, as a lot of people know, I do GIF themes on game day. Uh, uh-huh. We're just going to do Game of Thrones okay. against the Panthers. W- wonderful. Wonderful. So 
hopefully there's a lot more positive than negative. I was running out of negative Star Wars gifts against the Saints. And it <laughs> I only got to use one baby Yoda and it made me really sad. Uh, yeah. Oof. All right. Well, Trevor, what do you have coming up over at the Draft Network and on Locked on NFL Draft with your co-host, Ben? Yeah, lots of stuff, man. I mean, over the Draft Network, we're covering the entire league front to back. That obviously includes all kinds of buck stuff, not just for draft season, but also in season stuff, too. I am still writing uh, and, and highlighting some things from them almost every week. That, that's that's definitely a team that I've been able to focus on this season, but we're also covering the league as a whole. So if anybody else is out there um, and you're a fan of a different team, we've got all kinds of information there for you. But if you're a draft nut, that's where our bread and butter is. If you want to know about any prospect at all, we've got you. We already have like 350 scouting reports up on the site for what will be the 2021 NFL draft class. We got a mock draft machine where you can make your own mock drafts. We have uh, the mock drafts that we've written that you can read if you want to hear our thoughts on it, all kinds of stuff. And then Locked On NFL Draft, everybody who listens to the Locked On Podcast Network, you guys know the drill. Five days a week, Ben and I having a lot of fun on there covering the league, the draft, basically everything that you could think of. All right. Well, again, Trevor, really appreciate you jumping on with me and previewing this game. And uh, hopefully we come out of here with the Buccaneers win. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, James. Absolutely. And of course, you can follow Trevor on Twitter at Tampa Bay Trey. You can follow David and myself at Locked on Bucks at JRCO underscore Bucks at D Harrison 82 and at Bucks underscore Nation. Check out everything over at the draftnetwork.com and on BucksNation.com. Make sure you send us your post game reaction voicemails to 813 444 5841. And until then, hope you all have an absolutely outstanding weekend. Stay safe. Stay healthy, wash your hands, be good to each other. And we thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks.